Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. This morning, once again, even as we are here in your presence, Lord, only you have the words of life. And therefore, this, this morning we come to you, the giver of life, the God of all grace, who is able to make, to give us sufficiency in all things, so that we always are abound in every good work, O oh Lord Father. Therefore, this morning we commit ourselves to your, to your kind hands. Lord, sanctify us. Wash us by the water of your word. And Lord, even as we receive your word by faith, fill us with your Holy Spirit. And for those who do not have faith, the word says, the Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, birth faith in all of us, O Lord. Strengthen us, O Lord, in your word and by your spirit. And write your laws in the deepmost parts of our inner man and cause us to walk in your ways. To that end, I pray that you would bless, Father, the meditation that we have this morning. Anoint us to speak and to hear. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, look at Exodus chapter <coughs> 19. It's Dr. Richard is there. Yeah. Uh, this is what God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel at Mount Horeb. Verse 3 onwards, this is what it says. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagle's wings, and brought you to myself. You see that uh, God brings us to himself. You see those personal pronouns over there, I did not did to the Egyptians. I bore you on eagle's wings. I brought you to myself. And then he says, Now therefore, if you will heed, you will indeed obey my voice. Okay. If you indeed obey my voice, that's very important, right? You have to obey the voice indeed. Okay. You obey, sorry, you hear the voice and you obey it. That's what it says. Faith without works is dead. If you obey my voice and if you keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me for all the others mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In other words, God has called us into a new birth. He has given us a new identity in Christ. He has made us into a royal priesthood and a holy nation. But we will never be able to live out that life the life of priests in interceding and offering sacrifices and the life of kings to rule, not by leading them, but by serving them. We can never do that unless and until we obey his voice and keep his covenant. Understand that. So this is something which is very important, to obey the voice of God. And you'll see this replete through the scripture. He tells in the book of Jeremiah, when I called you into the wilderness, I did not desire sacrifices from you. 
burnt offerings and sacrifices I did not desire. What I desired from you that you should indeed obey my voice. Obey my voice and heed. Obey. And the, 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 the emphasis is on the voice. Okay, it's just not on the word. The voice from the word of God. The voice determines a person. We know this um, very uh, famous verse that we all keep uh, uh, visiting. I mean, almost every teaching. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. You see that? Hearing by the word of God. You see that word, you, you see is a living word. Now, whenever you talk about voice, it talks about a person and it's, it talks about the now. Now what God is speaking. Not what he spoke yesterday. Not, he will, not what he will speak in the future, but what he is speaking now. What he is doing now. We as believers have to live in the eternal now. Okay. So every day is a practice. I mean, it's not that we will always uh, audibly hear the voice of God, but He will speak to us in different ways, in different contexts, through different circumstances. He will allow situations and circumstances in our lives to speak to us. Only thing is that we should be people who is willing to hear. And then He says, if you want genuine faith, because uh, ultimately it's faith that pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. How does faith come? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the living voice of God. The, just not the, 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 this word. See, this is the, ultimately from Genesis to Revelation is the mind of God. He has exalted his word above all his name and forever his word is settled in the heavens. But how do we live on a day-to-day basis? If you've been listening to through the week, we've been constantly being reiterated the fact that we need to hear the voice of the person. And that is by hearing that voice, what comes is faith. It's not just by the written word. It is by the spoken word. It's by the living word. That is how faith comes. That's what we call a rima, rima of God. In Matthew chapter 4, how did Jesus overcome the tempter? How did Jesus overcome the tempter? Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every. You see that? Everyone. Word that word is not just the logos; it's the rima, the living word of God. Okay, that is how we listen. We listen. We con- that is that is it is. See, uh, see, it's easy to uh, understand a text. It's a it's it's very difficult to keep in track with a person. Okay, Enoch walked with God. Now that that, that symbolizes a relationship which is very so intimate in that he was constantly hearing the voice of God. He knew the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice, and the stranger they will flee from, right? In John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 63, this is what he says. Jesus, again, uh, uses this word, the living word, okay? It is a spirit that quickens, okay, quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words, okay, the living words that I speak to you, what are they? They are spirit and life. So, the impartation of life happens through the living word. Otherwise. We are just like statues. I remember one preacher talking about um, the statue of uh, Bishop Absalom. Okay, he has a sword in his hand. Okay, he has a sword in his hand, and he looks very majestic. But he's a statue; he does nothing. Okay, 
we have the song no silpi chetilo silam nenu vyama i am a sculpture in god's hand but we are we should not i mean i don't i, don't, I have a, a, a certain reservations with that with that uh, with that uh, song because uh, we are not statues we are god's handiwork workmanship he is working on us okay and we have life the very life of god should flow through us and that life comes through the word the spoken word of god okay but problem is many people don't like it right but there were some of you who do not believe for jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him and he said therefore i have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father okay and from that time from that time onwards many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more then jesus said to the 12 do you also want to go away and then you can what he, what 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 simon peter says he says simon peter answered and said lord to whom shall we go you have the what the living words of life you have the words okay you and you alone it is not the words that we are looking at we are looking at the person who is giving the words right we understand that and how do we practice what what is what is um what what is um what are the disciplines that god takes us through so that we listen we we come to a point wherein we understand these words It's, this is in luke's gospel chapter 3 and uh, there's a principle over there i'm just giving you the preliminaries but i'm going to go to the meat of today's word now in the 15th uh, year of the reign of tiberius caesar upon receives a pontius pilate being the governor of judea herod being tetrarch of galilee his brother philip tetrarch of ituria and region of tyconus and lysian is a tetrarch of abilene etc and while ananas and caiphas i mean these are the religious leaders they were the they were supposed to be the the the, the custodians of uh, the words of god they are his excellencies and uh, his majesties okay and his holinesses his holiness anas and his holiness caiphas they were high priests they had the words they had the oracles of god they had the word very in 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 the in the temple but you know what the bible says the word of god what is the word of god the living word of god where did it reach it reached john where in the wilderness and that's exactly where god takes us i mean what is wilderness wilderness is a is a place where all the other voices are shut and we are shut in with god and we begin to learn and hear the word of god right and word of god comes to him in the wilderness that is the reason why he tells in the book of deuteronomy right and you shall remember that the lord your god led you all these 40 years where through the wilderness to humble you to prove you to test what is there in your heart and then you then he then he goes on to say so he humbled you he allowed you to hunger fed you with manna okay so that you understand that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word you see again that comes from the word of god so it's very important for us to hear the word of god why this we need to have if every one of us needs to have a personal 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 relationship with the person of jesus christ it's not we don't even that like like we keep hearing right even though we are speaking to a crowd god is always dealing with individuals everyone he's speaking to us personally in in our situations and he's making the word relevant to the situations that we are going through but the problem is what happens this is what i've observed no we, we listen to a lot of sermons okay lot of sermons are going inside but the problem is because there's no base there's no foundation we are sermonized and yet demonized because there's no foundation 
so much of teaching is going on, but there's no foundation which will actually give you the categories to receive the word of God. It's like it's like antenna. You have you have uh, the airwaves going on. The radio waves are flowing, uh, floating all around the all around the atmosphere. But unless until you have a receiver which is connected to that to that frequency, you will never be able to receive the receive the, the that signal. And that's exactly what has happened in the church, and 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 I've seen it in my own personal life, and in the life of gen, in general with many of the believers. The pro, the reason is because their foundations are not strong. It doesn't matter how much you keep teaching, because the foundations are not there, they will never be able to receive. They are only sermonized, and yet they are not delivered from their demonic oppression. You see, they're still a captive to their lies. But in these last days. In these last days, every one of us has to practice to listen to hear from God personally, to know Him personally. The ultimate purpose of 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 the church and of of the of the teaching of the Word of God, of the preacher of the Word of God, is to take you to Christ, and so that you will begin to hear and to to know personally, be guided by His voice. Why? Revelation chapter twelve, verse twelve. It says, "Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell on them." And you dwell in them. Why? Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Okay, people who are busy with sea, sea means busy with merchandise. Inhabitants of the sea, uh, of the earth means people who are completely bound by the things of this world. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that is what time is short. And and, and even Paul tells in in First Corinthians chapter seven he says, uh, my brothers, uh, the time is short. The time is short. Okay. So that those who, Johnson, you can go and sit there. This, this, we made a seat available for you. Okay. Come, come, come. Comfortable, good journey. Okay. So, so time is short. So it's, and the day of trouble will come. And the Bible says, if you crumble in the day of trouble, how your, how small is your strength? Okay. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had to be tested. Daniel had to be tested. And every genuine believer will be tested. And the testing will only increase in intensity. To see our response. How true we are in, 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 in the inside. Okay. And, and devil will come against this church. Because that's his, that's the object of, of God's, uh, um, God's, God's love is towards his church. And Satan's attacks also is towards the church. So how do we maintain this walk of listening to the word of God continuously, hearing the word of God, and maintain and, and, and maintain a life of victory, a con- of, of continuous victory? I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, God's desire that we should be victorious. We should have victory over sin. How do we maintain this? I'm going to show you a passage which <laughs> I have overlooked so many times. Okay. And I, and, I, and I just want you to, I'm overlooking as I read through and never, ever, ever, ever give it a second glance. But I just want to bring to your attention something which is very, <laughs> very interesting. It's a parable which is embedded in the old covenant. A parable which is embedded in the old covenant and of the places where you never expect to hear and to see the message of the cross. Okay, something which, I, which is remarkable. I, I, I'm, I'm, if, if, if I were to ask you um, one place where you where you think that you will not see the see the cross, 
and i'm i'm sure one of the messages that i mean one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the books that might come to your mind is the book of ecclesiastes have you read through the book of ecclesiastes have you ever seen the cross there you see one man just indulging in his sin and just writing out his thesis okay <laughs> vanity 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 and we are lost in that vanity only it is literally vanity all over no but you know what in the in the midst of all that clamor okay there is that the words of of wisdom because all scripture is given by the inspiration of god and it is profitable for doctrine for reproof if it were not inspired by the by the by the spirit of god it would not have been in scripture okay and like jesus says you search out the scriptures because you think in them you believe that you have eternal life but you refuse to come to me and if i were to tell you i'm 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 going to prove to you for, through through scripture today that even ecclesiastes ecclesiastes talks about the person of jesus christ in a albeit in a parable form parable form okay you know you know one of the things that you need to do is you have to unpack these parables in the old covenant i'm sure you've never i don't know to the best of my knowledge uh I, i'm sure many of you haven't seen this ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 13 this wisdom i have also seen under the sun this is interesting now what is this wisdom is he talking about okay and it seemed great to me i mean and is solomon is expressing this wisdom he says boy this wisdom is like unbelievable it's under the sun and it's great to me and he says i cannot even understand it if you if you actually look at uh, the words of agur uh, if you turn to proverbs chapter 30 if you will and i just want you to uh, read for me if you can um, proverbs chapter 30 let me just give you one uh, verse proverbs chapter 30 uh, the, i didn't put it here it's verse number 3 and 4 you can somebody read it for me if you if you have it, if you have it in your bibles Yeah, it's is it there yeah oh sorry <laughs> it's not in in okay it's there i'll read i'll read it out for you okay i neither learn wisdom nor have knowledge of the holy one this is what agur is saying who has descended into heaven or oh, sorry who has ascended into heaven or descended now tell me who has ascended into heaven who descended can you tell me answer jesus he doesn't know it see the, the old covenant people did not understand christ that's the reason why it says the glory of god to conceal a matter or it's the glory of kings to search it out so what happens who has gathered the wind in his fists who has bound the waters in a garment who has established all the ends of the earth what is his name and his son's name now this is augur augur is saying i don't have the knowledge of the holy one i am absolutely as good as a brute because one of the things i don't have is the revelation of god and his son So this is exactly what the same kind of a language you'll see here in in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 13 he says this wisdom i also have seen under the sun and it seemed great to me because why why is it great to great to solomon the greatest the most wisest man in the old covenant why because he's looking at it i mean how can a man who's the enemy of the cross understand the cross all he can do is pen a parable <laughs> that's exactly what he did <laughs> okay look at what he says and read, let me read this entire parable to you and then we will uh, try to unpack it for ourselves there was a little city and a few men in it there was a little city and a few men in it and a great king came against it and besieged it i mean this ironic ironical is it little city few men great king came and attacked it i mean look at the look at the irony over here okay and he and he built great snares around it 
Now there was found in it what? A poor wise man. Isn't it interesting? We thought wise people are always rich. <laughs> there was found in that city, a little city with a few men, a few, a poor wise man. And what did he do? And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that same poor man. This is remarkable, isn't it? All the GDSL children are looking at me. <laughs> because that was their reading, by the way. <laughs> and then, verse 16, then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Oh, sorry. I, I think I've skipped a few verses. Yeah. Now this, there was, uh, now there was found in it a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered the city and yet no one Remember that same poor man, and that's that's where the parable stops. And then he's drawing his own interpretations. Okay, I means the problem is he's a man in the old covenant; he doesn't understand it. But he's just penning down certain things that uh, that the parable, uh, his own interpretation of the parable. This is what he says. Then I said, "Wisdom is better than strength." Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is what despised, and his words are not understand this heard. But that's the that's the theme, okay? And then the words of the wise are spoken how quietly. Okay, one man of God made us. It's in silence and solitude you will hear the word of God. It's in silence and solitude because he doesn't scream like me in the <laughs> in the city tops. Okay, so look at what he says. Words of the wise are spoken quietly, should be heard. Rather than the shout of the ruler of who? So that great king, who is describing who that great king is, he is the ruler of what? Fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. I said that's interesting. Have you seen this parable before? Let's, let's try to unpack this parable for ourselves today. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses 14 to 18. First, there is a what? A little city. Second, against this little city, there's a great besieger, a powerful king, a great king. Then we have the deliverer and his deliverance. Fourth, the deliverer has come and delivered, but he's forgotten. The deliverer is forgotten. Problem is, once the deliverer is forgotten, his message is also what? Despised. There is a stubborn besieger. There is a stubborn besieger. And seventh one, in the midst of all this, there will be a few who will have enduring victory. This is the parable. Of course, seven is what I look at. (laughs) Stubborn, the, the little city, the great besieger, the deliverer and his deliverance, the deliverer forgotten, the message despised, the stubborn besieger, and enduring victory. In the midst of all this, one a bunch of people who have enduring victory. So let us look at each of these seven elements one step at a time to understand the parable. The little city first. Look at the little city. Let's describe the little city over here. This wisdom I have also seen under the sun and it seemed great to me. There was a little city and a few men. Okay, in it. The word for little, insignificant city. It's also used of David. 
the youngest of all the eight sons. Where was he? Outside. Not even considered among the sons. The same word. Insignificant city. The word for few. Okay. Basically despised men. Few means despised men. That means people who don't even have to be numbered. So think about it, no? They do population census. Right? They come door by door. Hmm? Do you think they will go onto the roads and also number the beggars? Generally. And by statistical means, they will do some predictions and say, okay, this is where, uh, by margin of error, this is our projection of the population of India. Right? Now, who are these few good men? These are the people on, this, on the streets who are not there in, that is exactly what, that, that, that is the kind of la- language he is using over here. The despised, the rejected, the, the, the scum of the city, if you will. The irony though here is, a great king came. And what is he doing? He besieged the city. Now, what has attracted the wrath of this great king over this little people? Because in this little people, he sees potential that God can use. Think about it now. We know the demoniacs, the story of the demoniac. We heard it in so many contexts, in different, different contexts. A man... When you look at him, do you think an average man on the street with his degree from Harvard will give him any any second thought? No. Will he think that this man has the potential to impact people? No. Will he think? Do you think? No. But yet, that man was under the most strongest influence of the devil, if you, if you look, look at the gospels, the strongest influence of the devil was upon that man and the devil did everything in his capacity to stop his deliverance. If you look at, if you see the narrative in all the three gospels, Jesus wants to go on to the other side but what hinders him? The storm. And what does he do? He rebukes the wind and he speaks to the waters. What is he doing? He he understands that there is a tremendous battle for that one soul because he knows that God sees potential in that one soul. Let me tell you something. Every one of you can look in your eye today and say God sees potential in each and every one of you. You might be despised, you might be rejected, you might be the nobodies in your in your family, but when God looks at you, he sees tremendous potential and no wonder Every one of us, each one of us, in different different capacities, are experiencing the wrath of this king. Each and every one, I can tell you, and I can look into your faces, and I can say, tell you, brothers and sisters, every one of you, you think that you're despised. You think you're rejected. But you know what? And you see, there's a great king. Great king. Can you see the irony? Will anybody in this world, but you know what? Satan knows the potential. He knows that this man has the capacity to, to touch 10 cities. That's what we see, right? He ultimately becomes an evangelist to the Decapolis. What is Decapolis? 10 cities. He's able to bring 10 cities to the Lord. Why? Because God sees potential. God sees potential in each one of us. Each one of us. And therefore, he sees, that's, that, that, that is the reason that there's a principle. He says, a little rudder, what does it do? See, what, is, what it means is this. Huge things hang on Small, small things. And therefore, it says in the book of Zechariah, don't despise the day of what? Small things. He sees potential. 
in each one of you this tremendous potential that God can use if you are willing. And therefore, you are under attack. And problem is, we fight flesh and blood instead of when we know that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There's a principality, there's a great king with all his demonic hosts which 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 are raged against us. So the reason why I said devil has been set to sent sent to the earth having what? Great wrath. Why? Because he knows what? His time is short. Look at what it says in First Corinthians about all of us. This is our resume according to God. Our resume. Okay? What is that? Our resume. First Corinthians chapter one. For you see your calling brothers. That not many MIT, Harvard, you name it. IIT is not nowadays. MIT is different, no? Not many MITians are called. Not for UC Berkeley graduates are called. Because now nowadays they have, now they become the den of thieves and lions and all kinds of demons. Uh, it's, it's, it's Babylon, a cage of un, every unclean and unclean and despicable bird. Okay. Okay. Not many wise. According to the what? The flesh. The point is this. It is not that we are fools. We are not, we are wise. Not wise according to the flesh. Look at this. The second one he says, not many mighty. Not many Noble, not many, uh, but God has chosen the what things of the world? The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Why? And the base things of this world, the little things, the few men, the despised people, He has chosen them. Can we boast in this resume? Does it look really attractive to us? <laughs> I remember one man, no? He, he I had never heard any anybody say that before, okay? He says, I've been constantly asking God to give me the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And one day God visited me. And then I started opening my mouth and the heavenly languages flowed out of me. And from that day onwards, I became a fool for Christ. I became a fool for Christ. And then, then I understood why does God give us the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we can become what? Fools for, fools for Christ. And what did the, those people do who were filled with power? They turned the world upside down. And what were these people? They were unlettered, unlearned fishermen. But the only thing that they, only qualification and the certificate that they, that they had was these people were with what? With whom? With Jesus. Did you understand that children? Understand this. And look at what he says, therefore, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And that, that, that's a problem. We are all people who like love to post. Something will in, inside of us, no? Or maybe God saw that one thing inside of me. God saw me seeking him. How many, how, we, how many of you said that? Oh, God saw me seeking him. And you know, one day God will say, I put that desire in you to seek me. They're, they're also gone. God for God gave me this. No, no. I was seeking. I was searching. No, no, no. I gave you the desire. In fact, let me, to be honest, I cut down every other voice and shut you down and I put you in a corner so that you will not hear any other voice except my voice. 
So be honest. Don't tell me that you're, that you're searching. And if I have not put you, if I, if I did not put you in that position, you would never have heard me. You never, you never, you would never have sought me. I, because I can, I remember from from my own personal experience, right? I'll tell you, I would have never read the Bible the way I read it had I not been had I not been pushed by God to a corner where every other door was shut, shut except God and His Word. That's it. For six months, shut down everything in my life. Six months, only one Bible. I showed my children that Bible, you know, and in that Bible, all kinds of colors are there. Read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I started with Jeremiah. Red and red and red and red and red. My friends were shocked. They looked at me and they said, Richie, what is wrong with you? I'm my roommates. Morning till evening, you're doing only one thing. From morning till evening, we used to see you in the lab. What has happened to you? What's wrong with you? And I, I, so vividly, you know, this guy, that guy Pemaraju, Nityanand Pemaraju, one of my very close friends, used to have intense debates with him about cre- creation and evolution. And he was this atheist in, the, in our midst, okay? And then we used to have intense uh, debates and arguments, right? But after that, he saw me reading the Bible and he looked at me and he said, Vijay, after you started reading that book, I can see the change in your Something has changed. Something has transpired. So, we can never boast, even in our searching. Mm-hmm. The problem is, God pushes to us to those situations, but the problem is we never search God. Even though he's asking us, that's the reason why God is speaking in our, even in our troubles, even in our situations, God is speaking. But are we hearing? Is a question. Okay. Look at what it says in First Corinthians chapter 3. Let no one deceive himself. No one? How do we deceive ourselves? I'll tell you. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this world, what, what does it mean? He has a degree from? Ah, exactly. <laughs> or Yale. Or one of the IV leagues. I used to wonder, what is IV? Anybody knows? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> poison, poison, huh? Okay. IV leaks. And ultimately, you go to there, go to that school, you will drink poison and die. Hmm? Spiritually. Then he says, let him become a fool so that he can be, that's so that he can be, other translations will use the word that he make, that he can be made wise. That's exactly what happens to Moses, right? Moses is a man who is learned in all the Wisdom of the Egyptians. Mighty in word and deed. And finally, he became a... He was made a fool first. How do you how do you make one a fool? By making him serve his wife and his family. Okay? And finally, he was the first guy who said it is better to be better to be in the wilderness than to be with a clamoring woman. So, all the time you can find him is in the wilderness. Okay? Zipporah. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are what? Futile? Vain? Empty. That's the reason that the Bible says when Jesus died on the cross, how did he die? He died in weakness. It's amazing. First Corinthians chapter 13, if I'm right. Or sorry, second Corinthians chapter 13. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Hmm? So, what does God choose? He chooses the despised. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 21 verse 31. Which of the two, he's talking about the parable of the two children, two sons, right? One said, I will do, but he did not do. The other said, I will not do, but he did. Okay? That's exactly how we have in the church also. People who say, we will do, but we will not do. Some people who will not do, who, uh, I'm not interested, so ultimately we'll end up doing. Okay? The first, they answered, Jesus said to them, said unto them, truly I tell you that the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering into the kingdom of God. What? 
ahead of you. Who are these people? The despised, the rejected, people whom nobody wants. I'll tell you something. God hides himself in people whom nobody wants. What did I say? What is that? God hides himself in people whom nobody wants. And it is the glory of God to conceal. Where? <laughs> in people whom nobody wants. And it is the glory of kings to search those people out. Okay? Understand that. So these are the little people who have incurred, who have attracted the wrath of this great king. So that is the little people. Now let's go to the next guy. The great besieger. The great besieger. Great besieger. The great king. It says, he is the ruler of all those who are proud. Who is that person? Satan. And what did he do? He besieged it and he built great snares around these fellows. Traps. To trap them. To besiege them. To suck the life out of them. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 19. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies in the sway of the wicked one. Other translations will use is in the wicked one or is in the influence of the wicked one or is in Satan himself, the evil one. The whole world. And how how does he generally trap us? He traps us through his lies. He flatters us. One of the things that we should teach our children if they are gifted. Okay? I'm sure you have gifted children. One of the things that we have to teach our children who are gifted to to not act too smart. Okay? Should regularly cut their tail. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Regularly. They have talent and they are gifted. So automatically pride comes. It's like the Pharisee, no? His Pharisee is very interesting. He told about the parable of the Pharisee, the tax collector. Those who trust in their own righteousness, akalwar okay. Till there it's okay. And then despised others. And that's the problem. The problem is, <laughs> you boast in your resume, Baba. You put everything, you advertise it, left, right and center. We are not, we are not bothered. The problem is you start despising others. Have you ever seen a smart man, Magnus Carlsen, for example, who has relinquished his world championship title? Very humble. It's one of his one of his statements that he made during the candidates tournament about one of the candidates, the the one who was was supposed to challenge him. You know what he said? This man has started doing what he is best, what he does best, making bad moves quickly. You should see that kind of language he uses and how he despises others. Why? Because of his? Okay. He's a, he's a guy who is the, is a ruler of all the, all those who are proud. That is the reason why he says, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and what? The pride of life. So God keeps on making us you know, taking us, making us uh, go through situations and trials so that he can humble us. Humble us. And we rather you should begin to humble ourselves so that we can enjoy the mercy and the grace of God. 
Proverbs chapter 29 verse 5. He flatters. A man that flatters his neighbor, what does he do? He spreads a net. Understand you? Understand somebody who comes and says, Sister, you're, you can never forget the love that you have shown towards us. You will always there be, be, be there in our hearts and in our minds. Flattery. Run for your life. Okay. Run for your life from those people who flatter you. You should love the people who will show you, correct you, show you the right paths, constantly rebuke you in, in loving ways, of course. Okay. Flatters. And what does it, what happens? He spreads a snare. That's the reason why he says, in Proverbs chapter 1, he says, when sinners entice you, do not consent. Okay? Then he says, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Surely in vain, a net is spread in the sight of a bird. What is that? Surely in vain, a net is spread in the sight of a bird. But these people, they are actually putting a snare for their own selves. A snare. What does he do? He snares us. He traps us through flattery. Through external appearances. Young people, very, very big, very careful. You go to college, you go to university. Okay. The common temptation is to get attracted to the people who are outwardly beautiful or smart. Understand? Be very careful. It's a snare. And what is it? What did he do? He besieged them. He trapped them. And now what are they? They are under the influence of the, of the devil. And what are they actually doing? In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 24 it says, And a servant of the Lord must be, must not be quarrel, but be gentle to all, be able to teach and, and be patient. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. Actually, the KJV uses a word, who oppose themselves. What are they doing? They're opposing themselves. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, and then it goes on to say that they may escape, that may, that they may come, come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. And what has happened to this, to these people? Having been taken captive by him to do his will. Now the children of Israel were in Egypt. They're working very hard. Whom, are, whom were they working for? They were building Ramses and uh, whatever that, that city was. And who was getting benefited? Pharaoh. They're working for Pharaoh. The whole world is under that influence. Especially in our minds. Minds. So difficult for young people to concentrate for long. You see that already they're distracted. Right? Very difficult. One of the things that you have to constantly teach them. Focus. Focus. Don't get distracted. Easily. So easily distracted. Now think about it. Now some of the children don't even watch television. They're distracted. If they keep them, if they keep them in front of television, how distracted they will be? More distracted. The whole world minds are taken captive. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter two. And he and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit. Who now works in the sons of disobedience. And what, what happens? Next verse. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. This is the desire. This is what I think I want to do. I will do it. And where by nature. What is that? By nature. Children of wrath. Objects of God's wrath. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21. And you who one once alienated an enemies where in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled 
Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three and four. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds. You see that again? Where? Where the trap is? Minds. The God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You sing that song, no? Shine, Jesus, shine. But shine. How, when will Jesus shine? But what is a what is a uh, uh, what is a uh, uh, the 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 proof that he has literally shined in your life, shown in your lives, if I can use that word? You are liberated. Your mind is, you are able to see now. Hmm? So that is what the besieger does. He traps us in our minds. I'll give you an example. No, I, I take a, a route to my to my home every day. Okay. Uh, it was actually, um, sorry, back to my home from the church office. Okay, from the so not the church office from uh, from Jivan Jyoti. I take a left, and then I take the first right. Okay. If you observe, that road is under construction. Remember? It's under construction. I take the first right. First day I went. Okay. Oh, and then I remember, oh, there's a construction which is going on. So I backed up. Almost banged into somebody. Okay, almost. Okay, I did not. And then I went back to the other road. The st- construction is still not over. The next day, next time when I went to church, I'm coming out. What is the route that I take? Automatically the same road. But then I said, oh my goodness, I forgot. Again back. You see, we are actually people of habit. We are trapped in our habits. Over a period of time, we are trapped. It's so difficult for us to come out of that circle. We are those, we are like the children of Israel in that circle over and over and over and over again. And then the other day we had Siri also in our, in our car this time. And I was going and then I was about to turn a right and Siri said, Pastor, the road is under construction. I said, thank you, Siri, for reminding me. By habit, we are trapped. Some of you don't find, always seem to have no time. Some of, some of us always seem to have no money. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a habit. Doesn't matter how much you get, comes into your bank balance. By the end of the month, you have nothing. When you have 5,000 rupees, you have nothing. When you have 1 lakh rupees, also you have nothing. What is this, Papa? <laughs> I'm speaking to somebody. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if you think if we get more money, we will be... No, 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 no. We are trapped in our habits, my dear brothers. That's the reason I tell my children, no? Bad habits are like soft bits. Very easy to get in. Very difficult to get out. Because once you make a habit, you take a H, what is there? A bit. Where do you take away A? Bit. You take a B, it. It's still there. And we are people of habit. Okay. Now one of the things that I constantly do is switch off the lights when I leave my home. My wife told me, don't switch off the fans because I have put the uh, clothes under clothes for drying. Please don't switch off the fans. Okay, okay. And I'm coming out of the home automatically. But what is going on? My It's a reflex action. I'm trapped in my habit. That's exactly what God, what the enemy does. Over a period of time, it, it feeds you pleasure and after a while you're used to that kind of a lifestyle and now you're trapped in that habit. And that's exactly what Daniel did. When the food came from the king's table, he said, you know what, I know the trap. If I get used to this roti, kabra, makan, do gadi. Okay. And if I get used to this comfortable lifestyle. <laughs> When the time of testing comes, I'm gone. It's very difficult, no? Think about it, no? It's 
you you are used to a very exorbitant lifestyle and god calls you into ministry how much you will struggle you know to live simple austere lives <laughs> to tighten your belts not easy because we are all people who are trapped in our habits my dear brothers the god of this world has caused us over a period of time through habit because he knows the potential that we have all last minute all the time why because we are people of habit when doesn't matter how much we clean our rooms it's always chaotic what is it people of habit entropy laws work very perfectly in our homes everything is tending towards disorder that's a default, default setting I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, it's over a period. I, I, I said, no, Lord, I just have to clean up my shelf and I make it a constant effort, a constant practice. I mean, conscious effort to clean up, put my shirts here, put my uh, other clothes here, and the other clothes over here. And then, by the time it is a weekend, it's all chaotic. The flo- the clothes are flowing out of the out of the out, out of the um, uh, what is it, almara, and then I have to force the almara and close it. What is it? We are habit trapped in our habits. Over, I'm, not, I'm just giving you an example. These are, this is how the enemy, because he looks at our potential right from the childhood, it has caused us to go in one habit. Sugar, habit. If you have a sweet tooth, my goodness, you know what I did? Sister uh, got got me laddus from Vijayawada the other day, and that is my best mood, bundi laddu for an Andhra fellow, guilt. He will kill for that sometimes. Okay, not always. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it. Okay, you wouldn't believe it. So I said, I, I can't eat this. I was tempted to put it in the fridge. So I got it. I didn't want to take it home. So I, I took a couple of them and I ate that. And I said, my goodness, my, uh, my conscience was pricking me. I said, you are eating too much of sugar. So I put it in the refrigerator. And I said, no, I can't be here. Then I told told Sami to take it home. No, sorry, rather I did not uh, tell Sami. I took it home the next day. The, the, the very evening I took it home and put it in my fridge. I, I don't want to touch it now. Then the next day afternoon, next day afternoon, I told uh, I had my uh, I had my uh, lunch and then I generally don't eat breakfast generally okay and then I'm like okay that laddu would have been good. You wouldn't believe it. You know what I did? Just to get that laddu, I asked Sammy, please can you drop the children? And by the way, once you reach home. Ask Abigail to send me two laddus. You see, the laddu is huh, at least five kilometers away from you, but is very close to your heart. You understand what I'm talking about? See, that is how Satan traps us, my dear brothers. It traps us in our habits. Do we enter into the church? By default setting, you know where Abigail will go and sit. Kritika will go and sit. Hmm? Dr. Richard will go and sit. I know everybody. I don't want to mention your coordinates. I don't want to embarrass you. I know precisely your location. Because we are all people of what? We are trapped. Snared. But the problem is, we we never think too bad about sugar, right? But you know what the Bible says? The equivalent of that, he says, the lips of a strange woman, what do they drip? They drip what? 
honey but at the end she is bitter as wormwood sharper than a two-edged sword and our pathway leads to the pathway of death it takes you to the depths of hell and also that is the reason why we keep telling people right the pathway to hell is full of good intentions you intended very well but you never did anything about it because you're trapped in that habit mm. so let's go on so we have the little city who had tremendous potential okay we had the great king but the point is the great king never shows himself as a great king but he traps us he deceives us like pastor keeps telling us you know 24 chapters in the book of joshua what are the two defeats so ostensible and so conspicuous one is because of sin and one is the second is because of deception and and the evil effects of deception which comes and bites you even after 500 years in your history into your history if you are listening carefully so understand this understand the snare because he sees the potential he sees our potential my brothers let uh, let me tell you each and every one of us over here has a tremendous potential to be a witness for christ we are not talking about ministry do you see let me tell you according at least to according to me there are seven callings how many callings five callings jesus gives the calling of the apostle the calling of the pastor the calling of the the of the, the evangelist the the shepherd and the teacher together which are one all these people you know where they minister primarily they still minister in the holy place but there is one calling of a person who goes into the most holy place who is that person the high priest and all of us are called what priests you can all people you can all be people who can receive from god a revelation for your own current situation kings and priests that's the reason i said we are all kings and priests callings are different but we are all called to be kings and priests to witness to intercede to have dominion in our own life and the other day i was just browsing to one of the uh, uh, do you always seem to have no time giving you principles i switched on switched off that fellow and opened my bible okay so then so we looked at the besieged city we looked at the the besieger now let's look at the deliverer and his there's no point in talking about all the problems if we <laughs> we don't have a deliverer right look at the deliverer deliverer and the deliverance verse 15 now there was found it's an interesting isn't it what does it mean we found you what does it mean what does it imply thank you so much doctor doctor is like he's he's a logician also at the same time no it is what we call as differential differential diagnosis right uh, you do <laughs> symptomatic treatment the cause found means there's always what a search searched all over couldn't find nobody the thing is they found a deliverer and who is this deliverer baba a poor wise man what a, it's an oxymoron how can generally when we think wise people bolo to one bank balance one position etc etc what what will think but this man is a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered the city now think about it where was the poor wise man ask ask if i were to ask you this question thank you so much where was he he was in the city let me let me explain this to you the way i look at it 
జోబ్స్ జోబ్స్ కాస్పల్ ఉన్నారు జోబ్ చెప్పడం నైన్ ఓకే దిస్ ఇస్ కాస్పల్ అకౌంట్ జోబ్ జోబ్ చెప్పడం నైన్ బస్ థర్టీ టూ ఫర్ హీ ఇస్ నాట్ అ మ్యాన్ హూ ఇస్ ఆర్ నాట్ మ్యాన్ హూ ఇస్ నాట్ అ మ్యాన్ గాడ్ ఇస్ నాట్ అ మ్యాన్ యాజ్ ఐ యామ్ దట్ ఐ మే ఆన్సర్ హిమ్ అండ్ దట్ వీ షుడ్ గో టు ద కోర్ట్ టుగెదర్ నార్ దేర్ ఈస్ దేర్ ఎనీ మీడియేటర్ బిట్వీన్ అస్ హూ మే లే హిస్ హ్యాండ్ ఆన్ అస్ బోత్ అస్ బోత్ and you know and let him take his rod away from me and do not let uh, let uh, do not let dread of him terrify me then i would speak and not fear him but it is not so with me the problem is i don't have a mediator so where should the mediator and the deliverer be he should be in the city that means he should be born as a man look at what it says in isaiah chapter 59 in transgressing and lying against the law and departing away from our god speaking oppression and revolt conceiving and uttering from the heart verse words of falsehood and judgment is turned away, turn away backward and justice standeth afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter okay we know this yeah truth faileth and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey and the lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no judgment okay fine then what did he do and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor so then what did he do therefore his own arm brought salvation so what did god do he became a man and where was he born in the city where in the manger it's interesting isn't it i mean all the wise people from the east okay where did they go in search of the king excuse me to the palace but where was he not in the palace not even in the manger of course because he was found in that place i mean literally the low the bar of this of this place can anything good come out of nazareth wise man he chose to be birthed in a place where nobody seeks him poor wise man look at what it says about jesus this poor wise man acts chapter 10 verse 38 how god anointed jesus of what nazareth can anything good come out of nazareth no with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing that is delivering that all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him so there was one poor wise man a picture of jesus christ and how did he deliver people by his life and by his teaching two things by his life and by his teaching look at how deliverance takes place in one of the contexts of jesus okay jesus ministry this is after he is he returns from the wilderness endured with the power of the holy spirit mark gospel chapter 1 then they went into capernaum and immediately on the sabbath he entered and the synagogue and what did he do he taught and they were astonished at his teaching and he taught them as one having authority this is poor wise man and you know what the their refrain was how does this man know these things having never learned who taught him god taught him 
How did he taught him? How, how did he teach him? Morning by morning, he wakens me. He taught him. For he taught them as one having authority. Now let me tell you something. You can never teach unless you are taught. What did I say? You can never lead unless you are being led. Understand that? You can never do that. So, for he taught them. And, and it's very interesting. This poor wise man, how did he become wise? It says, Jesus what? Grew in wisdom and stature. How? When he submitted himself to his father and mother in Nazareth, in that poor despised place, in what it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, finding favor with God and with man. And you know what the Bible says? He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He learned. That means what? He was taught. And he grew in wisdom. And he grew in stature. Finding favor with God and with man. And he was tested also of God in the wilderness for 40 days. He overcame the devil and his own flesh in the wilderness. Now he's endured with power and high and he comes and begins to teach with authority. And what happens when he teaches with authority? This is what happens. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. What, what does it make, what is, what does an unclean spirit make you? Unclean. Very, no brainer. In other words, it clauses every kind of spiritual uncleanness you can think of. In fact, if you, if you read the study, the, the story of the demoniac, it says he was oppressed by unclean spirits. He caused, asked the unclean spirit to come out. That's, that's, that's what he says. And he asked the unclean spirit to name himself. And what does he say? We are what? That means there are at least 6,000 unclean spirits in that fellow. Every unclean thing you can imagine, you can imagine is there in that fellow. In the spiritual realm, he stinks basically. Hmm? So, when, where was this? This man, where was he? In, uh, uh, temple? No? Not in the temple. In the synagogue. I mean, it's very interesting, right? Demons were regular visitors to the church. And they were comfortable. They were actually sleeping and yawning at every meeting. They said, ah, oh, this is so soothing. We want to sleep. We are always at, at, we are always at unrest and we are uneasy. But the moment we go to synagogue, we sleep. And suddenly, one man came and started preaching with authority. Suddenly they all grew, got up. Who got up? Unclean spirits got up. It's amazing. You know something? After, this is after having been in the been in the full time ministry for six years. In the limited experience that I have, I have, I have, I have uh, been through, one of the things that I've observed is a believer who has fallen away is so, so nasty than an unbeliever who never knew Christ. Nasty than an unbeliever who never knew Christ. So these unclean spirits are very comfortable. And why? There was no teaching. Think about it now. In the church, people fighting each other. 
it's happening in many many places in the city in, in not in not in uh, telangana maybe i don't know in, in india in churches in india where people are just fighting each other they're taking each other to court and who's happily enjoying himself the devil they are my people very very comfortable in the synagogue and he cried out saying let us alone in other words please, please don't disturb our sleep who is this man who is coming and disturbing our sleep we were being kum- nicely were addressed in the synagogue this is at nap time if you will that's what art cat says right whenever some of the children of people i mean they call themselves people of god but when the devil sees them he yawns <laughs> okay now to, what what is the other song you're going to sing today okay that is also that song also no very nice song that is not going to move me one inch by the way i'm very comfortable in that song actually it suits me i will sing along with you okay we will sing that no no all hail the power of jesus name let angels prostrate fall what about you angels you prostrate fall but we will not we are very very <laughs> very we will never prostrate fall we command the angels to prostrate fall hmm? anyways let's move on and he cried out saying let us alone what have we to do with you jesus of nazareth did you come to destroy us i know who you are you are the holy one of israel and then but jesus rebuked them be quiet and come out of him and because he said i don't want your your testimony you are an unclean spirit and you are a lying spirit i don't want your testimony and when the unclean spirit uh, had had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice he came out of him then they were all amazed so they questioned among themselves saying what is this new what teaching how did he deliver people through teaching for with authority he commands the unclean spirits and they obey him let me tell you something what brings deliverance is not deliverance meetings but deliverance teachings and you need you need to understand that if i by the finger of god drive out demons what has come out the kingdom i mean if i by the finger of god drive out demons the kingdom of god has come upon you what is the finger of god who is the finger of god the holy spirit is the finger of god you know what bible says that god will write his laws on the tables of our heart and whatever god li- writes is the truth and when he writes by the spirit the laws of god in our hearts all the lies and the of the of the unclean spirits have to go out so submit yourselves to teaching It's, it is through teaching look at another another episode in the in the life of apostle paul acts chapter 13 but elimas the sorcerer for so is his name which stood them seeking to turn the proconsul away from faith so saul who was paul what does paul mean anybody knows what paul means little hmm? chota fellow not saul who was what a head and shoulder no 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 thank you so much that's exactly what he was like if if not head and shoulders in size head and shoulders in mind in intellect he was a prize student he is the best student in not gtlc in in gamaliel's teaching okay gamaliel school okay saul who now is called paul filled with the holy spirit is interesting no that is where actually the name change happens in the bible and when does the name change happen what comes he is filled with the holy spirit looked intently at the sorcerer and you know what he said i love this oh full of all deceit people get upset when we call people these names F- full of all deceit all fraud you son of the devil kya baat hai 
Oh Saul, you are hurting people's emotions. You are being very tough. You enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed. How did he believe? When he saw what had been done, being astonished at the what? At the teaching. What brings deliverance? His teaching. Understand this. And what is the teaching? What should be the crux of the teaching? I said, the teaching and the life. And what is the life of Christ? Life of God? It is the life of the cross. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 2. If you want to de- be, you enjoy deliverance, there's only one basis upon which you can enjoy total deliverance from all kinds of problems that you have in your life. The only basis for total deliverance is the message of the cross. And if the cross is taken away from our lives, there's no deliverance in our lives. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of the flesh, of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven you and all your trespasses. How many trespasses? All your trespasses. No, no believer need not walk in condemnation, condemnation. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle to them, of them triumphing over them. You don't have to. You don't have to walk in condemnation and guilt. You don't have to. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. You don't have to. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. The other translation, you will use the word. has translated us into the kingdom of his son. Where, which, where, where is the kingdom of, of his son? It is in the light. And the moment you confess your sins, you bring all the hidden things of darkness into the light and you ask God to forgive your sins. The blood of Jesus is applied on the on your heart and he cleanses us and he removes all the remembrance and you can walk with total Total, total, I mean, with freedom, having no condemnation at all. And every believer can do that, positionally. But are you doing it is question, is a question. Am I doing it is a question. Joel's chapter 2 verse 32. Look at it. Look at this verse. And it shall come to pass that whoever, what is that? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be delivered. Will be saved. Just call. We talked about that, no, yesterday. That, that lady. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And they said, please shut up. And what did he do? He cried even more louder. Until he hears, until he stops, cry. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, if I call on you, Lord, I'm being oppressed by these demons. I'm being oppressed by all these evil habits. I've been going on in circles. I have no freedom. There's not one day I, I can remember where I could sleep properly. I'm in tormented day and out. But you know what the Bible says? You call on Jesus today, you will be delivered. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are. No. You know, the Bible says, he who calls upon him, he will not what? Throw away. Throw away. If you come to Jesus, he will not. He will not. 
every person who went to Jesus with a attitude of humility and seeking for deliverance was delivered. Except for the Pharisees. Everybody. Doesn't matter what you're going through today. Whatever your situation may be. Because he disarmed all principalities and powers of darkness on the cross. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, they shall be what? Deliverance. What is Mount Zion? It's a picture of the church. And what is Jerusalem? It's a picture of teaching. What will be, what will, what will be there? There will be deliverance. You call in the name of the Lord, who hung on the, on the cross for your sins. Think about the love of Jesus. What kind of an incredible love it was. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Let, let, let me give you an example as to how I understand this, okay? I shared this in different contexts, but I love this, uh, this one poem that one, one great Telugu poet wrote. I don't want to mention, I don't want to say the poem. Just imagine, okay? But that you are a girl who are in, who is in love with this boy. Okay. I mean, you, he swept you off your feet, feet literally. And then you go and tell your dad, Dad, I want to marry this boy. Okay. And dad knows uh, this fellow <laughs> is a crook. And he says, now, how do I tell my daughter? And he tells daughter, he prays to God and says, God, please, uh, please talk to my daughter. And dad also tries to reason with the daughter saying, you know what? I don't think this guy loves Jesus. I don't know if he really genuinely loves you. Maybe he loves you for your beauty. Maybe he loves you for your money. I don't know. Why don't you reconsider? No, 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 God. No, no, no. No, no, no. Dad, I know he loves me. How do, how do I know? I know it. I know it. I know it. In, inside my heart. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> That's what people said. I know. My heart says he loves me. And that night God, because he has what we call as foreknowledge, appears to her in a dream. And the Lord says, you love this boy? And she says, yeah. Okay, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you the future. Four years from now, you will have three children through this man. In the fifth year, he will betray you and run off with another woman. Do you still love him? She will say, Chee! Right? I never thought he was such a Durmarguru. Suddenly all the Sanskrutam will come out. Now think about it, no? If you knew what the other person will be in 15 years, would you, would you love that person? How many of the sins that we committed, God already knew? Think about it. All the sins that you committed, in advance he knew. Every betrayal he knew, every lie he knew, every kind of a hypocrisy he knew. And, and he says, you know what? He's like, you know, uh, uh, Hosea is searching for Gomer. The word for Hosea means what? Salvation, by the way. Literally salvation went after Gomer. Jose, go and marry this woman. Who's going to betray you? And you will literally stage out the mystery and the story of salvation through your life. And what does Jose do? Finds Gomer. And literally, they're selling her on the streets. And Jose has no money. So what does he do? He goes back home and he empties his bank balance and goes after Gomer. You know what God did? 
he has to come after you, right? He loves you so much, right? Notwithstanding the fact that you said so many things to him and promised so many things to him and yet, yet you did not obey him, but he came after you. And how did he purchase you? He emptied the bank balance of heaven in Jesus Christ. God gave his who? Son. God's what? So loved the world. Now think about it, my dear brothers and sisters. God knew every sin that we would have, we would have committed against him in the future and he still loved us. That is the love of God. You have to meditate upon the love of God and you will never, ever, 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 ever doubt it for a moment because you will see your own life and all the sins that you committed. And that's the reason the Bible says when you were yet sinners, when you were ungodly, when you were enemies and you were without strength, God died for you by sending his son. What a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony that we have in the life of Jesus Christ. Two messages, the cross, the life of Jesus Christ and the teaching of Jesus Christ. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. Whoever, whoever. How many sins that we have committed against God? And sometimes some people tell me, Pastor, I felt so bad. Don't you think that God knew that you would fall? Simon, Simon, <laughs> not Peter, by the way, <laughs> Simon, Simon, Satan has asked me permission to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that he will not test you. No, 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 that your faith will not fail you. In other words, even when we are failing, when we have faith, our faith is accounted to us for righteousness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Abraham is called. Abraham leaves the, leaves the out of the Chaldeans. Abraham is given the promise. His name is changed. He has a son. Is almost about to have a son. Wife is pregnant. He's circumcised. He's circumcised. By this time, wife is pregnant. Sarah is pregnant. And he sells off Sarah through his lies. You know why? Still God says he's a prophet. You know why? Even when he's failing, his faith is still counted to him for Righteousness. I'm not saying that we should take sin lightly. No. All those who call on the name of the Lord will be delivered. Okay. The problem is we have the the small city. We have the great beseecher. We have the deliverer and his deliverance. But the problem is we forget our deliverer so soon. That's a problem. Very soon we forget. I've seen this problem now with many believers. They go up so with so much of difficulty, but when they fall, my goodness, that's so rapid. And before you know it, when you look at them and you say, boy, it's a parable for all of us. It's very difficult to go up the mountain in your bicycle, but to come down, yes, leave the brakes. You just fall like that without any issue. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Now there was found in it a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered the city. That's the reason why it says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And how did God God save us? In his weakness. Why? The weakness of God is stronger, right? Yet no one remembered that poor man. He forgot him so easily. Let's look at what it says in Galatians chapter 1. Verse 6, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ Jesus to a different gospel. What did you do? You tu- you're turning away from who? From a person. So quickly, so soon. So soon. 
you came out of egypt you enjoyed all these blessings manna is being fed water is coming everything is happening in your life exodus chapter 32 now when the people saw that moses delayed coming down from the mountain the people gathered together to aaron and said to him come make us gods so difficult so easy and before you know it what has happened they're eating and drinking and they're rising up to play Lord said to Moses, "Go get down for your people, whom whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves so quickly. Isn't it interesting? We are born of what seed? Incorruptible seed. And what has happened to these people now? They have corrupted corrupted themselves so quickly. The deliverers have forgotten. That's exactly what happens to many of us. We forget. And his message. Beware. And what happens? The message is what?" despised you forget the deliverer and you forget and you begin to despise the message ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 16 then i said wisdom is better than strength nevertheless the poor man's wisdom is what despised and his words are not so reason why the preaching of the cross cross is so 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 important every day of our lives every day going back to the cross And verse 17 says words of the wise are spoken quietly should be heard Philippians chapter 3 look at what it says in Philippians chapter 3 talking about the message of the cross we know these verses very well verse 17 brethren join in following my example and know those who so walk as you have us for a pattern and what does he say for many walk of whom i have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are what enemies of the cross of Christ the Christ cross is for God. classic example in the old covenant is isaac where does he begin his life on the cross on the altar and where does he end up who what is his belly now what is his god now his god is his belly give me that food and i will bless you the message is forgotten the cross is taken away let me tell you something the moment the cross is taken away from our life we are open to the demonic we have no protection from the demonic apart from the cross no protection galatians chapter 3 oh foolish galatians who has what bewitched you how are you how are you how are you bewitched because you message you cross the message of the cross clearly christ was portrayed as crucified among you and you completely forgot it now what has happened you're open to the demonic so quickly forgot so you forget the deliverer you despise his message you forget the deliverer and despise the message and let us never ever come to a point where we we become too familiar with the message and after a period of time we begin to despise the word of god ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 9 and moreover because the preacher was wise he still taught people knowledge in other words they were not listening <laughs> okay but he still continued to preach because he has to preach that's his job that's his work he cannot and that's that's what paul says woe to me if i don't preach the gospel he still taught people knowledge yes he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs in other words he studied hard 
He says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why? Because a time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. You should see how shallow people's faith is. Very shallow. One rebuke, they will start weeping. One small thing, they will start, they become so offended. You know why? Shallow. That's the reason why it says the parable of the, of the sower. How many types of soil are there? The one is on the wayside. Forget that fellow. Hard. And that's other, other one, other one is, other one is what? Stony ground. What does stony ground have? It has no, what? Death. No death. And what happens? When tribulation and testing comes because of the word, they immediately got offended. You know why? Because there's no depth. They do not know God. They only know the goodness of God. They do not know the severity of God. Like pastor was saying yesterday, if God loves you, he will spank you all the way to, <laughs> to heaven. He will take you to the depths of hell and bring you back. And it is not easy to fall in the hands of the living God. Okay. We don't like that. See, we don't like the teaching which rebukes us. But you know what? All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Hmm? For reproof. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. So t- tell me, which has got more, what is more in quantity? Pampering or rebuke and correction? You take the percentage. 50% rebuke, minimally, at least. And if you take the other, other portion, uh, with all uh, long suffering teach, rebuke, correct, etc., 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 at least 75%. 75% of teaching is rebuke Baba. In other words, if there is uh, a thali, many of you don't know thali, by the way, in most of the thali, there is totakura, okay, one leafy vegetable, spinach, another leafy vegetable, bindi, not many people like, okay, there is okra, lady's finger, donda, not many people like, karela, do you despise and one sweet. You know that? In a thali? How, you have, oh yeah, you know it, right? I mean, you have forgotten thali, Baba. <laughs> one sweet. And curd. And others. And dal and sambar, etc. So tell me how much of sweet? One thing which is unhealthy. <laughs> which is sweet <laughs> and all the other things which are healthy do you see that and what do what do we love we want to go to the sweet some people like me we'll start with the sweet and we'll <laughs> so sweet <laughs> that's exactly what we we'll say now oh that pastor is so sweet sweetly he will take you all the way to hell and you'll also be there, will be there with you. I don't think he'll give you company because it's only outer, outer darkness. You will be gnashing your teeth, uh, your teeth with him about, about him, and he will be gnashing his teeth about you. That's all you'll do for the rest of your eternity. That's the reason why Paul tells the tells the tells the efficient church. He says, "You know what? I have preached you the whole counsel of God, and none of your blood is on my hands." And I'm telling you, after I'm gone. When I'm gone, I know you fellows. Wolves will start from where? Not from outside. From among you! It's like this, no? 
think about it now in all those days in the theaters in the movie theaters when the lights are off and suddenly the generator is uh, the, the power goes the entire uh, uh, theater is dark what happens to people the real fellow that will, will come out everybody is whistling and shouting and screaming and everything is happening and suddenly the lights come out everybody is silent the real fellow came out in darkness that is the real fellow A real feud, that fellow will come out. And he says, among you. So what does the preacher do? He sets in order many proverbs and many of proverbs. You see, if you look at the proverbs, every proverb is a rebuke. (laughs) Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. Who likes that? Oh, my son is so cute, so innocent. He doesn't know anything. He knows everything, how to manipulate you. Right from childhood, he knows. I know my daughter, 11-year-old baby, uh, girl now. When she was less than six months old, on her walker towards the sink. I told you so many times. I told her, Abigail, you're not going there, okay? No. She looked at me and she gave me an innocent smile. This is so cute. And just then I was on the dining table discussing, thinking about so many things, and suddenly this girl walked slowly past us and walking towards the sink. And after a while, she looks at me and she gives me that innocent smile. You don't have to teach a child. It's there inside. And so what does the preacher do? He sets in order proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words. Okay, fine. Okay, these are proverbs. Let me just sugarcoat it and give it to you. The problem is, the pastor says, no, we put flavorize our, our sermons. Everybody get, gets the flavor and forgets the sermon. You only remember the joke, but you forgot the sermon? Oh, the joke was fantastic. The modulation was fantastic. But the sermon is forgotten. Other translations will use, He sought to teach the words of God in an interesting way. Okay. <laughs> Using examples and real life experiences, etc. Some skill he used. But ultimately, the message has to go. And what did he do? He taught that was written which was upright and which were true. Words of truth. And what do the words of the wise do? The words of the wise are like what? Goats. Now what goats are, right? You know, elephants, how they are trained? That fellow takes that ankusam. Keeps on poking, poking, poking. We don't like it. We like people who pamper us. Oh, look at your situation. Let me soothe on you. They will pamper you all the way to hell. The words of the wise are like goads. And if you are kicking against the goads, that means it's pricking your conscience. Paul's conscience was awakened, by the way. <laughs> Once he's fasting and dying. And after a while, the message was burning in his heart and he said, no, no, no. And it was kicking, kicking. He was kicking against the goads, kicking against the goads. He was probing his conscience. And one day Jesus appears to him and he says, Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the goats. It's impossible, in fact. Surrender. Look at what it says. Like goats, the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails given by the who? By the one shepherd. And what do shepherd shepherds have? Sheep. And what do sheep do? The hear is voice. 
And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books, there is no end. And with much study is wearisome to the flesh. Okay, let's move on. You have the procedure who is very stubborn. Who is he? He is not going to give up, by the way. He is going to fight you, tooth and nail. He is a stubborn besieger. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. The words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shout of the ruler of so he doesn't give up by the way the moment he gets out you think he'll, he'll give up the unclean spirit goes out of a man and seeks for what places dry places and finds none comes out comes back and brings seven other demons and that that fellow is worse than the previous so that fellow never gives up like pastor was saying yesterday Delilah was very serious with Samson but Samson was playing with sin Sin and Satan know how resolute you are. They will keep on probing you. They will keep on probing you. You have to look. I don't think Vijay is absolutely convinced that I am sin. That is what we call as crouching. You know how, how lions, uh, uh, or rather tigers or whatever, no, all these, uh, cats, the big cats, you know, wild cats, how they, how they, um, hunt their prey. They crouch. So when they're crouching, you know what is the message they're sending to the to the deer? I'm not there. You don't have to worry. You can enjoy your life. You can indulge in your sin. And actually, what happens? These people are slowly gone away from the from the group. You know, that's how they catch them. All these fellows are drawn away from the from the group, and slowly they're zeroed in and cornered, and slowly they crouch and they crouch and they crouch, and before you know it, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. The Philistines are upon you. Crouches. So, he is very determined. He is stubborn. So what should he do? In First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. <laughs> Say that everybody. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So what should you do to him? Resist him. Standing how? Firm in your faith. In other words, you should be absolutely clear as to what you stand for. His little wavering, he will know. He will smell weaknesses in your armor. He knows it very well. So be very, very careful. So you have a a stubborn besieger. So what should you do? You have to have what? Enduring victory. So how, how do you have enduring victory? Let's let's see how you have enduring victory. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. So who's wisdom? Hmm, is a question, right? One Corinthians chapter one. Let's see, verse thirty onwards. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us what wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The only solution to enduring victory is to know the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. Because he is our wisdom. It is not that he will give us wisdom. He is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our redemption. He is our sanctification. That's what he told. He tells Abraham. He says, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. It is no other way it is possible for you to have enduring victory unless until you know the Savior personally. A one-on-one relationship with the Savior. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. 
careful okay this is what he says verse 9 onwards but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you now if anyone does not have the what the spirit of what of christ he does not belong to him he does not belong to him see the person of the spirit of the, the of christ and if christ is in you Okay, look at this. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, and Christ. That's what he tells, he tells, he tells the disciples, he says, it is, it is beneficial for you, for, for, for me to go away when, because when I go away, I'm gonna send a person just like me, who will be with you and in you forever. I will not leave you or, as orphans. I will come back to you. How is he gonna come back to us? By, through his Spirit. Okay. That is only the solution for enduring victory. Only solution for enduring victory to have an enduring relationship with the person of Jesus Christ through the Spirit. Okay, knowing Him, and it's it's you know something. Then you know what happens. Christian life becomes exciting because you know the person. You read the Word; it's exciting. When you listen to the Word, it's exciting. When you come to the meeting, it's exciting. And then you know what? Testings and trials are allowed into your life. Exciting. You're not boring anymore. It's life is not boring. Testings and trials will be allowed into your life. It's exciting. Because you have a relationship with the person. And you have constantly then one person who's guiding us with his voice. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But spirit is life because of what? Righteousness. Romans chapter... uh, This is not Romans chapter 8. Sorry. Apologize. This is Zechariah chapter 4. If you can... Let me just convert this. Okay. Bro, it's there. Okay. Zechariah chapter 4. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Why? And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace upon grace. You see? It's by the Spirit. It's by being empowered with the Spirit. It's by hearing the voice of the Spirit. It's by being, being led by the, by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 goes on to say, do you, again, this is not Romans chapter 8, sorry. This is Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Apologize. This is not Romans chapter 8, this is Romans chapter 6. Yeah. <clears throat> Romans chapter 6. Zach- <coughs> Romans chapter 6. Okay. And then Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Do you not know that whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And then he goes on to say, But God be thanked, though you are one slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So the second way of enduring victory is to continue in the words of the wise, where you abide in the teaching. You keep on, even as you obey, you enjoy deliverance. You enjoy freedom. You enjoy victory over sin. You become more and more patient. You become more and more loving. God will convict you. He will show you how you were treating your children, how you were treating your wife. And he will begin to speak to you and he will begin to convict you and he will be begin to empower you. You see, when you are under the law, you have to obey all the law to become righteous. But when you are under grace, 
You know what happens? Progressively. Little by little. The, the, the Bible says the path of the righteous is like what? Sh- the shining sun which, which becomes what? Even more. More and more and more perfect. Until the perfect day. So slowly. Every day of your life. Even as you submit yourselves to teaching. What happens? You become delivered. And having been set free from sin. Verse 18. You become slaves of righteousness. So what should you do? John's Gospel chapter 15 verse 7. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What should abide? The words of God should abide in you. Words that I speak to you abide in you. Abide in my teaching. Continue in my teaching. Continue. Do not forsake the assembling of the saints. Because in that assembling, in that meeting, even as you receive the word by faith, you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. Do not be drunk with wine. In which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of worship from your hearts. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So hearing the voice of God through the Spirit and abiding in the words of God, you you enjoy enduring victory. So let us recap. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 14 to 18. There is a little city. You and I, who are called, who are insignificant. There's a great besieger. We were all people who were under the influence of the spirit of the power of the air. But then we enjoyed the deliverer and his deliverance through his message and through his life. But there's a warning. Don't forget the deliverer. Don't despise his message. You know why? Because there's a stubborn besieger. There's a stubborn besieger. Keeps on wanting access back to you, into your life. So don't forget the message. Don't despise the message. Don't forget the deliverer. Have an enduring relationship with him. And through this, you will enjoy enduring victory. This was the message of the cross in the book of Ecclesiastes, where you never thought you will find the cross. You see, Everywhere you search, what you will find is Jesus and the cross. Jesus and the cross. That's what he says. Christ Jesus died according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures. This is the gospel right from Genesis to Malachi and all the way to Revelation. Amen? Let's pray. See, I'm just trying to prove to you through scripture that everywhere you see, if you search, you will find the cross. And you'll find a message. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, this morning. We look at your word. And we only have one person. The person of Jesus Christ. Through every book that was inspired by your spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will not speak of himself. He will only exalt Christ. And if all scripture is God-breathed, is given by the Spirit, the Spirit will always point to Jesus Christ because He will exalt only Christ and He will never speak of Himself. And this morning, we've seen, Lord, how we are people of habit, trapped by our own sinful habits, ensnared by our own sinful habits. But thank God, We don't have to continue in our life 
of defeat. Defeat and sin. Because we have a deliverer. deliverer. And he wrought his deliverance through his cross. But never make us Lord. Allow us to despise the message and to forget our deliverer. But I pray, Father, each one of us will enjoy enduring victory. In that we will continuously hear your voice and abide in the teaching that we have received. And through that, we will enjoy. Enjoy victory. Because it is you, that is your desire, Lord, that we should enjoy victory. Because you promised us in your word that sin shall not have dominion over us because we are no longer under law but under grace. And Lord, I pray, whatever evil habits that we may be having, bad habits, habits that cause us to waste time, I pray, Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the mountains that that have been of, of, of habit that has been established in our lives, the strongholds that have been established in our minds will be brought down. Because you said it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Your Holy Spirit, whom you sent to us, O Lord, will empower us and quicken us to overcome every, every, every habit that hinders our walk with you. To that end, I pray that you would bless us, that you would quicken us, that you would give us the desire and the zeal for you. Our eyes will be focused on you. That we will do the work that you have have given us to do, O Lord Jesus, without wavering. Keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. God bless you.